0: for chatting with
1: me. A pleasure my love, pleasure. Um, So I am
0: sat with Reverend Gail Loveshock. Can you introduce yourself
1: to us? I can and I'll I'll try and do it in less than a million words. so. (laughs) (laughs) So I am yeah I'm Reverend Gail Loveshock so I'm an interfaith minister which means I can Provide sacred counsel, spiritual support, ceremonial support inquiry for all faiths, religions, and no faiths so the um if you're agnostic or um you don't believe in anything at all, then it's all welcome it's all welcome because my belief is that everybody has a right to the path of their choosing, and everybody has a right to the ceremony of their choosing. So my work includes uh, a kind of holy triangle, if you will, of ceremonies, which includes things like baby blessings, vow renewals, vows, betrothals, marriage, uh, using very delicious ancient rituals such as hand fastings and drinking from the quake and all different things like that through to end of life, end of life support and death and then I'm also a teacher and an educator so I work with people all around the world to help them connect into the three centres head heart and horror which we will we'll definitely speak more of for sure and then also at the same time I offer a sacred council predominantly um to women it's very much known as a uh, queen's council to women who identify as as women and who are ready to cross threshold from where they were in their life to where they are to where they want to be. And that is very much in the lap of the triple goddess. So from maiden to mother to crone, because our spring may be complete, but that means that we can bloom in our summer and we have autumn and winter to come. So in a in a wee nutshell, that's <laughs> that's how I spend my time. <laughs>
0: It's So I definitely want to talk about the triple goddess at some point later so leaving like a pin in that but how did you come how did you come to this this place in your life and I, and I don't say line of work because I don't I think when you say line of work it implies that it's something that you can um, complete a training on and then you are qualified to do and I, I feel quite strongly that your offering is not uh, something that anyone can go and qualify to do it's, it's very much a calling mm. um so how did you get to where you are now
1: mm. well yes I was hoping you could tell me because it <laughs> <a wacky line. laughs> it's true because being a minister you know or really a priestess if we were if we to use um you know an original term for it but for me Um, you know minister is okay as well because it's a reclamation when women were denied their capacity to um you know to hold sacred council for so many for so long and the reason I also um took reverend because we were we were offered the option is because I have a reverence for life I have a deep reverence for life and so that that's the original you know meaning of reverend for for me my inquiry my um began when I was a child. I was really interested in why there seemed to be so many different faith paths. I was a kid, you know, I'm a Glaswegian, grew up in Glasgow and as far as I was concerned religion was violence, you know, Celtic and Rangers. If you were, you know, if you were Celtic you were Catholic, if you were Rangers you were a Protestant Um you know, which is, and so there was just fighting. There was just fighting all the time. If you chose the wrong football team, you were probably likely to get attacked at some point, you know, and it didn't matter if you were wee. So the, the inter-fighting in the cities of uh, Scotland is quite phenomenal when it, when it comes to faith. And
0: is that, I mean, you've re- you referenced football in that. Is that literally linked mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. football teams?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah absolutely absolutely so you will have generations of football fans of um, Catholics that are you know kind of in support of Celtic or Protestants that tend to be as I say in support of Rangers Um, and that's gone on a long 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 time and they're what's known as firm games and basically um, if there's a firm game why those two teams come together you just don't go out you would stay at home so you know yeah because it's just it again just not worth it extra police would be brought into glasgow all sorts of things would be happening um you are guaranteed to death ultimately at every football match it gets really really out of hand so so when i was growing up as a kid i just didn't get it i just didn't get it at all um you know there was lots of other sort of sports and football teams and different things um it was also um a lot very very large um quite a large jewish uh, community and also quite a large uh, Hindi community and and some Arabic and Islamic faith based communities as well. And basically, I wanted to make friends with all of them. I wanted to know who who they were and 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 who was sort of praying to this idea that God was a guy in the sky, or who was praying to this idea that there might be a mother, because within Catholicism, we pray through the Mother Mary, essentially to get to Jesus. Uh, and within if you're a Protestant or Church of england you will you will pray to the Holy Father, so Mother Mary doesn't get a look in so even that's interesting you know so even as a kid, that was my inquiry, trying to suss out where that was uh within many other faith paths, the mother is the the feminine the great mother is much more present than than she is in that uh that westernized faith path and then throughout my life I was just again very curious and the the women teachers would call me those that had been written out of the stories those that had been written out of places Uh, from a practical point of view I had been working as a producer and you might be thinking what's that got to do with being a minister but it ended up um it ended up being that 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 I became a, um, a, a wedding planner and a wedding producer so then I was working all over the world and helping you know, couples bring their ceremonies together. I was helping um, you know, a lot of gay friends as well celebrate their love before they could be legally married and in inverted commas, and so that felt really good. From there that took me to train as a celebrant, but training as a celebrant was very surface. It was very, you know, this is how you would put this is the paperwork, this is how you get people to stand in front of you, this is what happens at a baby blessing. And off you go and that just didn't feel deep enough. Uh, and then I was leading a retreat in Portugal, and somebody asked me what the next step was. And the words "I'm going to, I'm going to train as an interfaith minister" came out my mouth, and we both looked at one another. And I don't know it was who was more surprised, she or me. And um, and then, long story short, about a month later, that was it. I was walking through the front door of One Spirit Interfaith Foundation, and and then beginning that that um yeah beginning that deepening towards ordination uh, and walking through many portals along the way and so now I yeah I find myself I'm 42 and I really feel very much in purpose which takes a great weight as in it takes the waiting out of your life when you're when you're in purpose and um, because it, it doesn't start at nine and it definitely doesn't end at five <laughs> there's um there's not really a day off but that doesn't matter because again as far as I'm concerned I am employed by by the great mother I'm employed by all of those mothers you know Mary, Kalima, Ishtar, Inanna and um, you know they go on and on all around the world all through all through, through our history and um, I'm in service to her daughters and that's very very important to me
0: as, um, as you're talking about um, sort of being in service and that it isn't uh, a nine-to-five, you're not clocking off, it's making me think of um, how uh, my husband um, speaks about yoga in that it's not um, something he's doing, it's something that is going through him. And that you can maybe, um, maybe apply that to anyone that is, is of service mm. in, in that it's not their doing it's a it's a greater presence than them as a as a physical person on this earth
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, sorry go on no no go on go on you go on <laughs> no you
0: go, no, you, go.
1: Um, <laughs> right. we, you
0: were um you were speaking about the um women that have been written out or mothers that have been written out, um, and you referred to the mothers that you are of service to, would you be able to talk us through who they are? Because I think, obviously, many people, and I'm, I'm familiar with Mother Mary to an extent, um, but there are many mothers.
1: Mm, there are, yeah, yeah. I can, and and also... Um, the specifics matter and they don't. I think that's important to say, you know, I think that's important to say that within the great mother, the triple goddess, which is the maiden or spring, you know, the cherishing mother archetype or summer. Uh, and then indeed moving into the autumn and winter, the, the crone or what can sometimes be known as the Magi year. In that respect, every person on the planet has the capacity for all of that. The masculine equivalent is, um, you know, page to cherishing father uh, to magi also, and and indeed sometimes known as prince princess king queen emperor empress. Um, so there's 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 all different language. So for me, the the great mother is this creation space, the ultimate architect. You know. Um, speak about the three centers which you know the head the heart the hara the hara being you know the danjin in tai chi the cauldron of us the ungendered womb the space of creativity and you know and again particularly for women all women are giving birth constantly you know the masculine builds and the feminine births and we're doing it all the time all the time and you don't have to have given birth to have crossed a threshold into cherishing mother i think that's really important but we do have mother mary but you know and there are also there are her parents for me as well that's what i was curious about you know who gave birth to mary that's interesting you know like we're just like stop at that you know but it's like that's not the only family that there was mary magdalene of which yesterday uh you know the 22nd of july was her feast day mary magdalene had been trained by isis in egypt and isis was a great mother so the lineage that mary magdalene came through was that of the egyptian golden age and of course it said that that she and jesus um, you know had a child sarah so and then there was a different lineage there if we if we come to the the celtic lands we have bridget for example who's often um uh, given reverence to in terms of ireland and scotland and indeed other celts and in wales if we go further around to the east we move into um you know we move into having relationships with lachmi and kalima you know kalima is often described as the mother of destruction but she is also the birth to death and the rebirth the triple goddess all of it all of it and you know again in in old stories in in all of us there is this idea of what it is to be you know to be to be mother and that's where we cast our spells from and that's how we understand language and that's how You know, no person knows how to parent, but there is an instinct that comes. And you'll know this as well. No woman knows how to give birth until she's giving birth. And then the wolf of her comes forward, presents, appears only for that time, and then goes back in and curls up and rests again, not to be seen until she's needed. We're just these extraordinary, extraordinary creatures. So for me, as I learned more, about this idea of what a matriarchal faith path would look like and one that absolutely allowed me to dissolve my own inner patriarchy uh, more to say on that later <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know I, I wondered myself what I had written you know where I had written a women out of my own story and indeed where I'd written I'd written myself out so you know my prayers are to the great mother and I will say take my pen because you know and see more than I do so write my life as you see it not as only I see it because I cannot see very far you can see much further than I can the goddess has been infantilized through social media and through very young practitioners in recent years as well. And it's important that they celebrate their maidenhood and their spring for sure. Um, it's also really important that we allow ourselves to age and for the witch to come through. You know, I, I love that. Um, and I was speaking about this the other night. I love that our laughter lines are referred to as kind of crow lines. Why would you not want to see through the eyes of a crow? I mean, is that not the most magical thing? Why would you not want to see through the eyes of the raven? That's wisdom. Why would you not want wisdom ribbons in your hair? The grey, that's, that's the moon. Why would you not want her to have kissed you? We think of freckles as that which we've been kissed from by the sun. But why would you not want moon kisses? Yeah. So, you know. So there's just there's so much softness and again when we allow ourselves to sit at you know we there are these opportunities for us to sit in that triple goddess ourselves for me to to hold the maiden of who I am and some days you know yes I pray to Mother Mary sometimes I have a chat with Lakshmi sometimes and um, you know I'll spend some time in, in in Africa and in the in the continents and in the Levant and other places and I'll wonder what their names are you know Uh, You know, how many names are there for God? How many names are there for the goddess? You know, um, and just finding what's true for me, finding what's true for you. So I sit with the, you know, the maiden on my lap as I sit in Archetypal Cherishing Mother. And I know that my crone is behind me. Just, you know, not really. Well, in Judaism, there's a wonderful thing called mumbling prayers. And I feel like that's my crone. She's like mumbling in the background somewhere. (laughs) That. and that you know that's that's a wee bit about the mother
0: mm. it's um it's in is it interesting or is it infuriating how we especially when I think of um religion and prayer, I instantly go to that male line, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the female line isn't celebrated or visible, mm. but also how much of that um you were saying about you know are crow lines and gray hair, and why would you not celebrate that? Mm-hmm. And we as women and, and your sort of inner patriarchy, and I know that you know we all are we all have that. Whether you identify as a woman or not, we are all um, adding to the voice of the patriarchy, mm. mostly unconsciously. Um, why would we not celebrate these things?? Mm-hmm. What, why do you think that is, that, we, that they aren't celebrated mm. uh, on, on the whole, sort of mm. visibly or vocally?
1: Mm-mm. Well, for a long time patriarchy of a particular type even including many many waves of that have been kind of pro feminism have maybe had also a patriarchal nod into them um because also it's it is as i think of it a bit of a Trojan horse situation that patriarchy's been um in a lot of women myself included for sure and that has showed up as we were talking about before how i might have spoken of myself how i might have spoken of other women even things like impatience or um a lack of um a lack of support or encouragement or why do you want to do that from a Jungian analysis point of view within the archetypes this is also known as the death mother and um, you know she's the one that holds her clothes around you and ultimately says no no go back to bed don't bother no give up on that idea you don't need to do that that's also patriarchy but you know if if a maiden moves from bud to bloom she will come into her power and she will be uncontrollable she will be uncontrollable and that my friend is not what the the you know the the body of of the uncherishing father wants you know all the daughters have to be controlled stay where they are and the more we can be distracted by remain by using not as opposed to aging, indeed, or saging, as I've as I've spoken about it for a long time, um, or practicing becoming a good elder. But then, really, we just see it all the time. Um, women's friendships break down. Um, there's fallouts over low self-esteem or lack of self-worth or confusion or, or that madness that happens when we've been infantilized for so long, the body starts to break down, you know, certainly late 30s, early 40s, if the, thosh, if the threshold hasn't been crossed because the maiden cannot do the job of the cherishing mother and she's not supposed to. So if I'm distracted, and by the way, listen, do whatever you want to your body. It's your body. I'm not saying, you know, don't do anything that doesn't make you feel good, but be awake, be alive, be aware. Who said you had to do that to feel more like you? so for me personally um I think I stopped dyeing my hair sort of early 2019 um, first time I've seen my own hair color in about 20 odd years mm-hmm. nearly there I sort of want to chop it all off so it's just mine now you know it's really um yeah and it's you know so many women say to me oh my god don't cut your hair off and I'm like but that's another version of patriarchy because you're only feminine if you've got long hair if you're short hair you're you're something else but uh, you know talk to people that don't have hair it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so again, you know, as we become distracted, Botox is amazing. I think that's absolutely been part of independent retreat of 2020, as I'm calling it, as people's faces return to what their faces look like, as fillers empty from mouths, as cheekbones slide, as as people can make facial expressions again that they couldn't before. You know, so you really actually see what somebody is thinking, or perhaps their dye isn't there, or or maybe they didn't need the their nails done in the same way they may they may they may have discovered a different type of wealth their inner wealth their wisdom their knowing
0: it's um there's part of me that feels really sad because it's it's realizing how and i think to an extent i'm you know i'm I'm aware of all this stuff but then you start to look at yourself so especially in this period of of we've been um you know in lockdown for nearly four months or we're coming out the other side of it but yeah people's roots nails all of this kind of stuff that is so surface level and just really when it I mean yeah when it boils down to absolute bollocks
1: <laughs> to an extent yeah I don't know about you but I you know I sort of went through when I was a teenager I don't know who ever said it to me first but it was something like I had chipped nail polish and apparently that was the worst thing in the world. Somebody somewhere decided, you know, that was terrible. So when obviously, you know, and listen, I am one of those people that had to wait two months for my shellac to go out so that I didn't ruin my nails, so I'm completely there as well. But, um, you know, these funny elements of codexes and sort of spells that have been cast, you know, you must look like this, you must be perfect, you know. I, I myself have been the perfect patriarchal daughter. Yeah. Let me present myself thus. Let me show up like this. Let me speak like this. You know, that wildness, we've seen this huge influx of sort of this concept. And it is a concept because it's not yet embodied um, about rewilding because it comes with a sort of teenage rebellion, which is exhausting and unsustainable. Again, if you're, if you're anything over mid thirties, for example, and um, you don't necessarily want to have to run around screaming in the woods to reclaim yourself, although there's great joy and great pleasure in that. But, the, but the, the easier way, the easier way, the easier way is, and this takes us to Jesus and it takes us to the original story of Inanna, is that the thing that we've been told to fear most in the woods is meeting the witch and the witch is us. So all you'll do is meet your power mm-hmm. and your power does not need to be glamoured.
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: and glamour can be important at certain points but glamour magic isn't needed because actually when the heart starts to come through when the three centers are in balance when we're working living co-creating from a really connected place I'm not just practicing I don't just do asana for 45 minutes on a mat I live yoga you know it comes through me it comes from me it comes for me then that's through. But part of what happened, certainly with an organised religion, was that organised religion did put its boot on the chest of the goddess. And Jesus was that kind of final nail, as as it were, because what happened was all the stories that were then written four hundred years later, Augustinian um, stories, as the first writer that came about long after Jesus had passed naturally. Um, was about the resurrection, but it didn't speak of the women. It didn't speak of the women who had prepared him, his mother, Mary, his grandmother, Anna, his wife, his lover, his confidant, you know, Mary Magdalene. It didn't speak of the teachings of Ish, you know, Ishtar, Inanna, Isis. It didn't speak of how, as everyone looked at the cross, for example, what they missed was the women singing, weaving, you know, lamenting, keening, knowing that this, that it was all of those women that bathing the body, preparing, knowing that he'd gone into deep meditation, indeed, that he might not have even died. But he had gone into the deepest of meditations and would come back in three days and three nights. And Mary Magdalene waited His spiritual director, his spiritual counselor, his sacred counsel, the person he trusted more than anyone that sat outside his resting place. And from there, he went down into the underworld, learned what he needed to learn and and came through, Uh, you know, resurrected, reborn, the rebirth, the triple goddess again, you know, birth, death. And the rebirth. We always forget about the last bit, and this is where we are in the world. We are in the rebirth. Now, if we go back three thousand years before that, Inanna had already done that. Inanna had gone into the underworld. She had handed something over at the seven gates that, that are sometimes referred to as the seven gates of hell. But it was not hell. It is a passing place, and she had handed over everything she no longer needed in a way she had handed over youth she could have handed over beauty she handed over all her clothing there are many things that happened but the point is that she came through the other side and what has happened to women for centuries is that we have and we do get to a point and we think holy shit I'm going to turn around and go back because I don't know what's through there and we must continue through to the same at childbirth it gets to a point mm-mm, 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 you're like that's when the wolf comes in that's when wolf mama that's when bear comes through that's when the you know that you're right I don't know how to but there's a part of me that does let me meet her
0: mm. and I think especially um, in childbirth and it's the way that I like to work with people is that you we actually need to get out of the way and what what happens is we are and especially like going to like the history of childbirth and, and the medical history is is all written by white men uh, who don't give birth you know but but they can fix it so we are then sort of conditioned to be fearful of this act which which is nature in itself um and then we try to conceptualize it and to control it and actually we just need to sidestep and let nature do its thing um and we're tripping ourselves up and i think when you talk about earlier you referenced sort of the the wild feminine and it's it's once you let the lid off it's it's full power you cannot contain that and i wonder if that's why women get to that point they get to the gate and they go uh," ah, 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 mm-hmm. because it feels like that it feels scary or daunting or overwhelming to really sit in that power Absolutely. and let that full creativity like full power just mm-hmm.
1: well because what we think is going to happen is that we will have to exile part of ourselves. We think we'll lose part of ourselves, and that's the great myth. That's the great lie. So many women that I work with come to me and they say something's missing, Gail, and I say, "Yeah, you. <laughs> like, that's what's mi- you are missing from you, and um, so let's find her, shall we? Let's find her. Let's bring all your Russians, all parts back again." And so. That it is, again, modern spirituality has, has blasted us with this idea of let go and the shadow work, which is relevant if it is shadow work and not, and not something else. Or um, I'll detox and I'll do this. And I, it's all this scooping out and hollowing, 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 all these hungry, starving people you know for lots of different reasons in in the world but certainly when it comes to the reclamation of ourselves and our power um, as women and you know to to know to know ourselves to meet ourselves is not to let everything go and scoop ourselves hollow it's to exchange it's to exchange so for me right now that looks like things like social media to the great mother I will give you my phone in exchange for the talent I need to develop to walk across this next threshold and be the woman that I am here to be, to be in my dharma, to be in my power, to be in your presence, to know who you are. Fucking hell, if I have to give you my Instagram account, there you go. (laughs) And you
0: are, right? You are.
1: And I am, and I am, and it 's a joy and a strange thing, and it has an itch to it, and I do want to check it, but i won 't do it, you know, but that 's because it's designed to make it it's designed to, to for us to be addicted, but you know if we think about it as an exchange, you know I often speak about this when i 'm teaching as well that this idea, like, oh my God, can I take this gift when it turns up it's like you've if you 've already turned up in your devotion and your everyday practice of ritual and ceremony, which can be how you make a cup of tea, how you have breakfast with your children, how you make the bed, uh, how you bathe yourself, um, how you wear your clothing. All of these things are ritual and ceremony. There does not need to be like the holy pomp that comes with it. Although I do love that. I'm not going to deny it. I do love a bit of pomp. However, it can simply be lighting a candle or saying I love you or thank you for being here or I'm just going to leave somebody a love note. But those are all sacred prayers. Those are all spiritual practice. Coming to the mat as if for the first time, every time. Meeting yourself each day as if for the first time. Because there has been a birth, there has been a death in your sleep, and the next day is the rebirth. Very, very important to remember that also. And so then again, when it comes to what, you know, let it be a question of curiosity. I wonder what I could exchange ultimately for something much more interesting. For something much more interesting for me, cacao has been a huge support this year. That has led to sobriety from sugar, caffeine, alcohol, and now and now social media. And only in three short months, wow! You become more tended to. You know, she's a shy plant. Not for everyone, that's for sure. But a long-term relationship is really what I'm interested in with anything and anybody. Because I'm not doing what I'm doing just for today or tomorrow. I'm thinking about the next 42 years. I want to be the crone that is sought out. Hey, I think Gail's still alive. That old rev. Yeah, that old old Scottish woman. Is she? Is she still seeing people? I think she is. Would you need to take, I don't know, whiskey and biscuits? Brilliant! Yeah, she
0: hasn't been on Instagram since July 2020, (laughs) but I think she's still alive. Um, You say... um, that you or you've said that you uh you've cut out caffeine and sugars and, and alcohol. But I do know that you've historically loved a whiskey. Have you completely gone dry?
1: Yeah, 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 yes. And I still do, and I still do, but it's just not for now. Not for yeah. now. It's yeah. really interesting. There is um there is a sobering that is going on. There's there's no other word for it, but a kind of sobering up from what is distracting me from me. Where am I putting the dummy in my own mouth? And actually something just extraordinary that happened around, um, you know, around turning 42 this year was I thought, my God, the only way I can live my life is by taking 100 percent responsibility for it. Wow. Oh, you know, that felt really confronting because I thought I have not been doing that. And again, because patriarchy in ourselves and in others keeps us infantilized, we are always expecting to be rescued. You know, I'll run around handing all my shit over to whoever will listen. You, you, will you be the one that will rescue me? You rescue me, you rescue me. I will not come home to myself and be like, my God, today I choose me. And then wake up the next morning and be like, I choose me again, I choose me again, I choose me again. Mm -hmm. This is radical rebellion. When it when it comes to like for a woman to get for one woman two women ten a hundred a 1, thousand an army you know an army of Joan of Arcs to get up and choose themselves every day and say right where is this because this work is shamanic there is a going in and there is a pulling out you know and for me it becomes what like what is this toxicity. What is this poison? You know, toxic feminism, toxic femininity is, is again, is patriarchy and drag, the archetype of the death mother. You know, and what we fear the most, as you were saying, you know, we kind of when we get to that place of this wildness that can't be contained, is in fact the myth is almost that it cannot be contained. But my God, do we come into our power then? You know, do you want to do this? No. Can, will, will you come here? Yes. How do you feel about that? I'm not. I can't even bother to talk about it. It's so uninteresting to me. You know. All right. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Nothing. Just sit with me in quiet. You know. Do you want? Do you want to go over there? You know. What for? Why where, where, where are we doing it? Why are we doing any of it? Is it for me and the greater good of the community that I'm in service to, or is it a distraction from my dharma, my purpose, my knowing? Like, where am I in this? Am I out there running around? like a crazy person, because I am crazed, I am in a madness, I do not know who I am, I have not crossed a threshold, I am locked, I'm stuck, I'm in pain, knees hurt, back goes, all these different things, the maiden cannot do the job of the cherishing mother, move into perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, the crown becomes wiser and wiser and wiser, and cackles wildly, now look, if I'm 25, I don't want to go anywhere near that. Of course I don't. That's so terrifying. But if I understand, because I have been brought up to understand who the great mother is, to understand that, the you know, that Lilith walked away pregnant and happy from the garden. And for me, you know, I like to think Archangel Michael and Archangel Gabriel were kind of trying to draw who drew the short feather to go and try and get her to come back. And they were like, I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to her either. You go and talk to her. I'm not going to talk to her. You know, and she was like, I'm just paving my own way, boys. See you later. You know, tell Adam thanks. Good luck with the neck. Gave birth through a rib. What nonsense. You know, but again, because we've been told um, this is particularly in Western Christianity, born of a rib. I mean, who made that up? Do you know, it's just like, the, it's so bonkers. And we all just went, oh yeah, sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Question it, do we? We take no. it as solid. Yeah, yeah. But again, to come at this, you know, for me, this is also part of of my ministry, which will not be for everyone, and that's okay because there's eight billion of us on the planet. So it's it's all good. Many, many different ministries will be needed over a long, long period of time. But it must come with grace. And that's humour and compassion, and really a sense of almost from a Steiner school point of view of just I wonder, you know, why did that happen? Well, I wonder. Shall we wonder about that? Shall we go on our life's walk together? Shall we walk and wonder? Mm. Shall we walk and wonder?
0: And with wonder, there's a sense of um, there's a de-armouring, isn't there? There's a vulnerability in being open to inquiry. Yeah, and I think that's also something that as um, as women to survive or thrive actually in the world, we've almost had to uh, suppress our feminine, over masculinate ourselves. Obviously, this is sweeping, but over masculinate ourselves in order to thrive in a very masculine or in, in environments that are geared towards masculinity mm-hmm. to be successful to earn. Um, money to have it all right to have the child the career to be a good partner to be a good mum, like all of these things and in order to survive at that level there is no space for that feminine creativity that flow that that vulnerability the you know the Mm de-armoring and we've just kind of like shielded ourselves up so that we can go at the world at full Mm pelt but at the sacrifice of of
1: what, our, our nature, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And in the work I do around prosperity unlocked and the three centres, I mean, everything you're speaking about there is the head, you know. And indeed, that's the father's house. Maureen Murdoch has a great book called "Leaving My Father's House," so if anybody's interested, leaving the house of patriarchy. Uh, when when women realise they are truly a, a father's daughter, that can be quite confronting too, because at some point mum disappoints us. And, and actually, again, because our parents did the best that they could with what they have. But if parents bring their children up expecting a form of rebellion, knowing it's a celebration of them having done their job properly, what a different way to parent. Because at some point, you know, a girl will be like, mum, you can't protect me anymore. I need to turn to dad. Dad can protect me. But then at some point she'll say to dad, you've no idea what it's like out in the world. So fuck you too, basically. That's supposed to happen. It is supposed to happen. That's how children cross thresholds. But again, particularly in the West, um, we don't have any of this. We don't have any of it. We have birthdays, beautiful, wonderful, but they don't, they're not... They're not ritual in the sense of, "Hey, little one, I see you really, really growing and coming and being and becoming, and how wonderful!" Hey, I see your 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 whole being forming and shaping. How extraordinary! You know, we do not encourage our, our you know teenage children to to go for a wild walk for three days. You know, we don't send them into the bush. We don't send them into the outback. We don't send them into the wilds of themselves. You know, um, it's there are in many many. Again, faiths, things do happen in certain traditions, but particularly in the West, in the in the UK, in Europe, we're quite like we'll just basically ignore everything that's happening in the body. That's changing. That doesn't matter. Nope. Oh, nope. Oh, don't want to talk about that. Nope. That's all Whoops say, nope, thank you. You know, um, so so none of none of that happens either. So then we come into the head you know we stay in the head let me get my head around this let me see what I think about this the heart gets a wee look in every now and then let me see what I feel about this you know and this is introducing a process that listeners can contend to in themselves you know they come down through my head let me give the head a break you know let me give the head a break come down into heart ah what do I feel about this coming down into horror the center, the cauldron, the most disconnected part, predominantly of women, the power place where the dragon slumbers, happily just waiting. You know, all that power coiled up in there. We often refer to it as Kundalini as well, and that is true too. The serpents that then come up the back of the spine and take that loop of faith into the top of the crown. But we're no longer living in a kind of 3D world. This is a new paradigm that we're breathing. 3D chakras of seven won't do. We need 5D chakras of 12, including the earth star and the stellar gateway. We need the three centers, head, heart, hara, what I think, what I know, what I feel. A reading of three, or indeed if we take it back to pre-biblical texts, stone to water to wine, birth, death, rebirth maiden mother magi you know it's all in us it's all in us now if you're going to ask me where i get all of this from i cannot give you an answer (laughs) um it is just it is it is a life lived it's a life of, of of living study And practice, and what I know to be true with many, many people that I sit with in council that when we are with the three centers, we don't have to use words so much like I feel up and out of myself because we're down and in. Mm -hmm. Again, modern spirituality has been focused on ascension. I've just got to get up and out of here. Once I ascend, everything will be okay. Once I get over there, once I've done that, if it's okay, it's all up and out. Mm -hmm. But to come down and in, as Inanna did, to come down and in. Feet tickling the underworld, crown tickling the heavens. That's Mother Mary. You know, Mother Mary is the one that keeps the windows of heaven open, while St. Peter thinks he's the one letting everybody in, but she's round the back going,
0: This way, this way. <laughs> it, it's so kind of interesting when you say that uh, modern spirituality is about ascension mm-hmm. and it it's so true. It's something I've never actually considered before. And obviously, uh, you know, a lot of my background is in yoga. And on, on a on a sort of base level, I would say I'm not. I wouldn't classify myself a yoga teacher. Uh, forever a student. But the the idea that you are working your way through a system to get to a higher purpose that is actually above or outside of yourself, when mm-hmm so much of what feels um or so much of what resonates is actually sitting in Mm -hmm. in your center and trusting your center rather than looking outside because surely that's just another form of looking to your mother or looking to your father or you know otherness
1: yes yeah and and that you know again that is the great lie because what happens if we do trust our gut you know, even just from that point of view, like I work with so many people and my and and my joy is watching them move from that place of when they say, oh, my God, I knew that was going to happen. And it's a really annoying thing to moving into a place of being like, yes, of course, that happened because I I expected it. I'd prepared for it. I had practiced it. I'd rehearsed it. You know, you might liken it to positive psychology. There is a little bit of that. You might liken it to a change in mindset. Those are just other words for the you know the great mysteries the great teaching that is within all of us we have access to to all of these things And, and indeed you know part of what has happened again through modern religion per se is that we fear death because we have forgotten about rebirth so when the soul reaches its point that the last thing that it can take with it is the body and therefore it must leave that behind too that's what we leave behind the body the soul the spirit as far as I'm concerned, I feel like I'm speaking to you like I'm two hundred thousand years old. Um, but you know the spirit continues, the soul continues, you know, and we 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 go where where we go, you know that may that may be to return again. and um, you know, that may be into the great cosmic soup to tend to what needs tending galactically. How exciting, how thrilling that could be to a whole other planet. You know, I mean, my God, we cannot be the only species. Indeed, if we are the only species... You know, or or as some say, you know, we are uh, we are in the outer quadrant of quarantine as an entire planet. So the fact that we've been in quarantine is just us living up to a multitude of other species' expectations that are all out there with their equivalent of popcorn watching us through their spaceship windows. <laughs> Your listeners might be like, "She's gone too far now. She's gone too far." <laughs> It hadn't until she mentioned spaceships and popcorn. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think, you know, I mean, it's a hilarious thought, but, but the idea of death, you're a, a death digital ambassador mm-hmm. for Marie Curie. What does, that, what does that entail?
1: Ultimately, it's about supporting many, many people to have a different conversation about death you know um, especially if it comes with um, um, especially if you get a sort of warning that your death is coming as indeed we would use the language you know a, a terminal disease such strange language so so unheart led um, but you know if ultimately your your body is completing you know and indeed you have lived a life that is based on getting over there when if once I get round to it um you know if you uh, then how do we move that conversation? How do we move that conversation so that people become more comfortable that, you know, death and taxis are indeed inevitable. They will happen to you, they will have we will all complete. We will all complete. Mm-hmm. Stephen Levin is a is a great teacher. Uh, you know, who speaks about the great art of our lives and he spent a year in a death meditation and for anybody that does forest yoga, they'll also know Anna Forrest speaks very, very much about having spent time in death meditation also and to truly grieve for everyone and everything that you know, dying and leaving and you being, just you being left because then you will realize you have not yet even chosen your life and that's the great truth. We think we have time. That is the great that is the great grief in the air around us. I thought I had time. I thought I had time. It's very confronting. It's very confronting. Because again, at no point do we consciously, have we ever been told to consciously choose ourselves? Yeah. I choose myself today. I choose my life today. I choose you. I choose I chose to spend time with you today. I honor that. I witness you. I see you. I love you. I mean Again, this is rad. This is radical, radical connection, radical contact with life. So, with Marie Curie, you know, I spoke with them for over a year, and we continue to evolve and, and understand what the relationship is. We know, um, you know, a good death, whatever that may be, uh, is a privilege. Is a privilege. Not everyone gets to enter into hospice. Not everyone gets the type of care that Marie Curie are so able to provide and indeed have continued to provide in an extraordinary time Mm. in an extraordinary time other other charities too for sure Uh, but you know this idea of what is it like for um, there's a strange thing that happens towards the end of a person's life where you know just things that they thought matter don't matter there may be some regret and remorse in my prayer for everyone listening, and for everyone who will ever listening is again to choose yourself and choose what you want in your life. This is not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater either, by the way, because often the wee changes that are made are so subtle. To move from dissatisfaction to satisfaction, to move from the absence of love to the presence of love, to move from the absence of glory to the presence of glory, to move from uncommitted to committed, disconnected to connected. It's so tiny. It's so tiny. We think it's going to be so much harder. But, you know, for people to consider even practical elements, wills, what is my death plan? We will consider a birth plan. We may not consider a death plan for me I'm perfectly happy with with all of those things uh they'll all go out the window and that's just that that's just human nature but you know we had it and we did it and that's a good thing it was there we thought about it
0: is that (laughs) and I think it's that ritual of of allowing yourself time to think about what this experience could be what is your intention for this experience yes and because I I assume death as with birth is something that actually is Very often out of our control again, it is nature. So, whilst we can have an intention, we cannot have a plan.
1: Mm, mm. It's very interesting as well because, again, death you know, end of life services, funeral directors have predominantly been also run by men for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, death is being reclaimed by women very much as birth is. This, for me, is again the great mother, the triple goddess, just whispering her ways you know certainly over the last 20 years and beyond and finally been like oh look daughters are listening amazing so you know we're seeing keeners coming back you know the keener was someone um long ago that would come to your home in scotland or ireland and they would call your grief from you they would keen they would lament they would take it from you through the form of song or ritual and then take it out into the land but unfortunately patriarchy got a hold of that and that's where the banshee came from the the ragged screaming woman is actually the keener
0: yeah
1: yeah i know
0: and the same with midwives on the other end of the spectrum they're the witches
1: yes 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 absolutely absolutely and we're all midwifing something We're all midwifing something, you know, there's not always a babe, but there's an idea, a hope, a dream. And the reason we have people like me, you, spiritual directors, counsellors, sacred council is because, you know, our dreams can feel too large. And so we bring them to be held by other hearts and other hands. A friend of mine said recently that she felt she was acting a little bit too Beyonce and wanted to be more Solange. And when I said, what does that mean? And she said, Beyonce does not show you her process. It's perfect. And then it's put out. Perfect question mark. But but it's a finished product. Finished product. You know, Solange, on the other hand, shows you everything. Here's my sketches, here's my feelings, here's my scrapbook. What do you think? Let's have this conversation. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. So you also hear a lot of things as well. Um, You know, Wayne Dyer spoke about this a lot. There's other teachers too who spoke who speak about this about this idea, like don't tell anybody what you're up to, because they'll interrupt it. You know, but if you read Bell Hooks, for example, she'll talk about how we can move from lovelessness to lovefulness, and that takes community, that takes trusted counsel. It's a very ancient. Idea to not necessarily go to your friends for counsel, but to go as Inanna did to her spiritual director, as Jesus did to to Mary Magdalene, to as other people have done all all through all through time, you know, to find someone that you don't have to spend so often with them. And that's also actually from my from my own work. That's why I'm no longer doing deep dive, um, you know, six to twelve month mentorships with people. The model no longer serves us it isn't what the soul needs the soul needs to know it's held for sure but also that the crossing of thresholds allows everybody to grow up and that's also what we don't like the idea of but god growing up is absolutely marvelous fantastic a lot of people age but they don't mature you know there's a lot in that too So again you know when we come to death and it will happen to all of us just have a wee idea of what you fancy of how you want your life to be celebrated. You will know more of it if you have actually lived it instead of waiting. Don't think it depends on things it doesn't. It depends on you on how you want to feel. The greatest trick also in coming into the three centres and sort of having our feet tickling the underworld and our tickling the heaven is that actually my happiness depends on nothing other than me and and circumstances around me will not move me from that and that's how a queen sits yeah. that is how a queen sits that's really really important that's majesty that's regalness that's leadership that's ownership that's responsibility that's unlocking unlocking that's prosperity health wealth wisdom preparation to become a really great elder so much in the summer and the bloom of us so much
0: it's such a um i think if you can you imagine can you imagine if we knew this as children
1: i can <laughs> <laughs>
0: i can't <laughs> no but i mean just the power of that to to yeah well you probably yeah. did, didn't you have <laughs> known no you've been sat on your throne since you were four but um, yeah. yeah you have that that knowledge that I am responsible for me and my my decisions in my life. And I had this discussion with my eldest son a couple of days ago, in in obviously a much lighter way, but uh, what was he saying? You've made me sad. You've made me cry. And I was like, I haven't made you anything. Mm -hmm. You are in charge of your own feelings. And when you realise that, it will be a good lesson to learn. And I obviously said it in a very mum-like way, like, for God's sake, stop, <laughs> stop moaning. But, you know, you are in charge of you. You do you. Like, I cannot make you feel anything. It's mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, just like scooting off down the road because I wasn't giving him the back and forth. But mm-hmm. just the idea of growing up with that, with that true knowledge is, I mean, completely life-changing.
1: Well, and it is our power. You know, we we again we so many years. I've seen people say, you know, reclaim your power, step into your power. Where do you think it is? Yeah, puddle that's in front of you. It's not something that's like you know. Again, it's not the well of you running around like throwing cups of water at you, hoping one will land in your mouth. That's not what's happening here, you know. It it's the three centers. It's you. I choose me. I come home to me. It's it's this ability of people say to you, um, uh, "What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. With nobody going nowhere, attending to again nothing. But what do you mean? What do you mean?" Well, what what are you up to? Well, I'm I'm just living, I'm alive, I'm in my body, you know, I'm I'm thinking of all the things I don't need to think about anyway. Like, you know, planets moving, I don't have to think about that. My blood is moving, I don't have to think about that. There's teapots in front of me already made, I don't have to think about that. How amazing, how amazing, how amazing. People are just like, You're so weird. And I'm like, Good, I'm only gonna get weirder. <laughs> Honestly, we thought about the things we don't have to think about. The things that we think we have to think about will not matter. Yeah. 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 You know, and then that brings us also to the myth of what we think we need and why we think we need it. And that brings us, you know, to a different type of prosperity and money. But again, we've, we've really been told religion is one of the, not so much these days, but certainly Catholicism for a long time was the highest earning business on the planet. You know, that is pretty phenomenal, you know. Um, you know, the, the and everything that happened within there. Again, you know, for me, my my faith, um I'm not religious, which a lot of people find really strange as well, because I'm a minister. I'm not religious, but I am a devout woman of faith. I am a devout woman of faith. I have faith. I have faith in many, many, many things in magic, in people, in change, in growth, in responsibility and in the great mystery and the truth is i do not want to see behind the curtain because you know what happens when you see how a magician's trick works you're really disappointed (laughs) so i also like to live in the great mystery this unfurling i wonder i wonder i wonder Mm. you know when it comes to money getting really clear again the ritual of money the ritual of prosperity what is it what is it? i need once the bills are taken care of what would feel really good to have in the household well, what in a year would I like to do? Well, that's interesting. You know, I had worked with somebody recently and they said to me, they thought they needed about 20,000 pounds for the year. And I was like, that's amazing. If that's true, is that true? And, you know, they were saying, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, does that include like if the car breaks down or or maybe you want to go away for a weekend? And they were saying, oh, well, no. And I said, well, go away and think again. And, and their response was, but what if it's so much more? And I said, what if it isn't? What if it is, and what if it isn't, and in fact, the number that they came back with was something around I don't know about twenty eight thousand pounds, and I said, "Well, look at that now you know now you know what a really comfy year would look like for you, so let's look at how you get there,
0: yeah. let's
1: look at your capacity, let's look at what you're interested in, let's look at how you're changing your business in light of what's going on, so again, when we're clear on that, where's my security, what's my certainty, how does that feel you know um Am I the one writing the checks or is someone writing the checks to me? You know, what does this feel like? Adaptability. There's a lot, a lot of change afoot.
0: Mm. So
1: again, coming back and knowing, coming back and knowing. Um, if change needs to happen, let it be because it feels, you know, not take control, let it be fulfilling to you as well. If you, if you are a person, and I work with many, many people in religious recovery, you know as well many many people again many women of faith who want faith but they do not want to go to a brick building and pray through a brick man and pray for a brick altar and and you know that work of mine because that's the temple of the ribcage
0: yeah
1: you know come home to the cathedral of you and see what that feels like
0: yeah. you know
1: get get the boot of of stop wearing the boots of patriarchy just just take it just receive it. it's in there um, you know, it's in there. And be your own shaman, be your own medicine person. You know, meet your centers. Oh my God, I could cross a threshold and feel so much better.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it's being given the permission to look at that and yeah. to sort of um, almost like ants, not to continue on the tracks because these yeah. are tracks that have been tread that we need to continue to tread them.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Cameron, i oh, sorry, Joseph Campbell wrote, you know, The Hero's Journey. And that's great, again, for the masculine, because it's about going out. The The Hero's Journey, as many, many films and series are written around, you know, is about going out into the world to discover the, the goddess ultimately and then sit at her feet. But for women, Maureen Murdoch, who trained with him, was like, wait a minute, that's not what women do. And women, we must come home and go down and go through. That is the big difference there as well. The answer is never going to be out there. It's always going to be in here.
0: Yeah. And how do we do that? In I mean, you definitely have the answer, but how does one do that in a world mm. where we are so taught to go out as if we were men, as mm. if we were the masculine, purely without the feminine? And even that, you know, you know, men have femininity within them as well. Like the masculine yeah. and feminine sit side by side in all of us. There is no one without the other. Um, but in men also, you know, that, that's toxic masculinity, isn't it? When they've been taught to repress their feminine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, think of it as um, you wore a jumper for a wee while and it's still got the tag on and it just doesn't quite fit. You know, it's probably a nice one. Maybe you've got a wee bit of wool or something, you know, in there. You know, it's been dealt with very safely and lovingly. And you are like, this goddamn jumper just does not fit. So, you know, what we tend to do is buy a lot more jumpers. Shocker, they all look the same. A jumper is a jumper. You know, we end up with 85 of the same jumpers in the wardrobe. But instead of that, there's an opportunity. Take the jumper to the counter and exchange it. This is the underworld. This does not fit me anymore. I'm looking for something different. And the gatekeeper will say, do you know what you're looking for? And in your meditation, you might be like, no, not really. And so they will say, well, how about a cup of tea? And you just wait. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And wait until from inside you are guided to that aligned step of action. Speak to this person. Make that call. Ah, where's that thing? i know what it is today every day every day every day you know come in again exchange you will only get something better and not like in a now i get a new iphone and it's got like 75 cameras on the back of it kind of way but actually oh my god my third my fourth and my fifth eyes opened up in the 5d chakra system shit man i can see everything cool no stimulus needed see
0: you eight cameras and i raise you five
1: eyes (laughs) grandmother spider always knew it was this way you know that's <laughs> when we come back there so again because the head loves a practical you know I do hear that question so I just invite everybody come into meditation every day 10 minutes is fine truly 10 minutes is fine my gosh you know this is the way of the feminine she's birthing she's thinking all the time come down and come in drop the head forward a wee bit, come into the heart, ask the heart, as I must have said a million times, you know, what would you have me know today? Place a hand on your heart, place a hand on your hara. You know, medicine woman of the heart, what would you have me know? Medicine woman, medicine person of the hara, what would you have me know today? You know, what would you have me know today? And wait, the sacred art, the rich art, the regal art of waiting, the unhurriedness of maturity, is something women crave their whole lives and they think what does that woman what is it about that woman what is it about her She is unhurried she is unhurried it's not that she's putting a middle finger up or two middle fingers or not giving fucks or is unapologetic that's all got teenage punk boots and a polka dot goddamn prom dress on it it's fine if you're 18 but not if you're 38 unless you know that is how you're expressing yourself in that day and I hear that too I'm not here to say don't do that but there are so many parts of us to call awake you know so instead of detoxing spend some time with yourself and Mm -hmm. say to your inner world I'd love to meet more of me are you there and she might say "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm Just been waiting at the counter of my life for you having 75 cappuccinos thank you so much now that i can or she might be like yes little one i am or you might get nothing and you'll have to come back the next day
0: yeah
1: you'll have to come back these are devout relationships which take time to nourish and nurture because it is you becoming more of you for you the good of you your community and the world and this is what we need yeah. this is this is crossing thresholds and there, there is a poem, Trasna, which is known as the crossing place. And I, I highly recommend that listeners, um, you know, check that out as well, because there's a, there's, a, there's a line that we can go back. The embers will still be there. You may find your way back by the embers of yesterday's fires, or you can go forward where the flames are lit and full. And mm-hmm. this is Trasna and this is the crossing place. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, let's let's wrap it up there because I'm mm-hmm. conscious of your time. Um, I'm gonna pop some links of the people that we've spoken about or you've spoken about um, when I when I post this. But where
1: can people find you? Yeah, loveshock.com. Yeah, loveshock.com. That's it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.